Welcome to the Actualize You podcast, where your full potential is at hand. This is the podcast for people with a passion and purpose, but need a little kickstart to get motivated into action. If you've already got the motivation, then we'll work on the optimization. Either way, your new full potential is at hand. Welcome to another episode of Small Biz Conversations with Birgit Smythe from Envisage Solutions and myself, Jared Irvin from Actualize. So this time we're talking about assertiveness. And I've just said sorry <laughs> about um, not not having my words all in the right place. And so that's that's not really assertive. So it's ironic that we're going to be doing talking about this, but I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so last time we spoke a bit about loans and surety, and I hope you found it valuable for future decisions in your business. Today, we're diving into assertiveness. So what does assertiveness mean to you? Because assertiveness is different to all of us. How does this influence your decision-making processes? And what should people do, or what should you as a business owner do to change your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, to become more assertive? I think one of the key things is that assertiveness is not aggression. Um, assertiveness is taking your place. It is confidence and believing that you have right to take that space. I do it a lot. You do it a lot. We've just seen that, as you've said, with the, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, every time you say you're sorry, you kind of negate being present and have been allowed to take that place. And that is assertiveness. It is not aggression. It is not um, being a disciplinarian to your employees. I've just said to Jared in our getting ready for this pres for this podcast is that I have the same thing with my children, is that it's important to be assertive. I don't want to be a strict disciplinarian. I don't want to um, give them hidings or send them to their rooms or take away their phones. I don't want to be that kind of managing with a stick. I want to, but being assertive and saying, this is what I need, this is what I want from you, actually makes a difference. And they listen to me when I say, I need you to help me around the house. It's my need. This is what I want. Rather than, you must help around the house or else I'll take your phone away. <laughs> anyway, that, that's a bit of an aside and, and maybe a little example of what I think assertiveness is. I struggle a lot with this. And, to have, and I've experienced it in the last week or two. I feel like I don't have the right to contact a C-level executive in a company. Many people find this surprising because I am a C-level executive in my little eight-man company. And people, on, if they look at me on, on LinkedIn, they think my organization is bigger. They think they see I'm a managing director. So if I contact somebody and say, oh, I have a solution for you, which you might like to look at it in your organization, they don't think that it's coming from somebody from a small company, they think it's also coming from a C-level person. And that comes with assertiveness to be able to say, I am here, I have the right to take this space, I have information for you, I have the right, I have a solution, and I can help you make your lives better. So in the last week or two, I actually contacted 
three C-level executives. Um, it was difficult, and I now have meetings in the next day or two with those people, and I am nervous, but I will be prepared, and I have the right, and I will take my space. If you come across as confident and assertive, people will listen to you more. If you have the feeling, if you believe that you have the right to be in that office, to be at that meeting, others will believe it too. If you don't believe it and you quiet and you withdraw, you will be ignored. Still be polite and friendly, never stop being polite and friendly, but believe that you may be there and stand tall. Shoulders back and standing tall says a lot more than speaking loudly or aggressively. Yeah, I think it's important there to uh, look at how your body language plays a role in being assertive and being aware and self-conscious, not self-conscious, but self-confident actually in understanding like what, what you do makes an impact on how other people behave around you. And you don't have to scream and shout to get attention. You can... Like Bigot says, stand tall and people will look towards you for a decisive role. If you think of people sitting around a board table, there's maybe three key decision makers in a room of 12. And if they're sitting there slouching or falling asleep at a presentation, everybody else is going to follow suit because they respond to how those people who inspire them or motivate them um how their body language is and yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think i know self-conscious um you use the term self-conscious when actually i think what you were trying to say is conscious of self yes because it's not self-confidence is important but you also have to be conscious of yourself conscious in like am i sitting up straight am i here am i present Eye contact is another way to make, to be assertive. It's like, I am here. I hear what you say. I am important enough to listen to you and make eye contact with you. Do you, sorry, uh, a random point. Um, have you met people that are very distracted? And this could be because they, they're coming from something that, that's happened, that's disrupted them. Um, or they just have a lot on their mind or they blame that the fact that they might be ADHD or something to that effect. But at the end of the day, they, they have too many balls to juggle. So they're not super assertive and they're just looking around the room for topics of conversation. Yes, that happens quite a lot. I have been one of those people when life's been really busy and I've been really stressed. Um, for, for myself, I have learned how to be more present and conscious of self. But for people, if there are people in the room and you need to get their attention, making eye contact with that person often makes you the most interesting thing in the room. Mm -hmm. um, if they keep writing down and not looking at you, um, saying their name, Mary, what do you think? Um, or I think that perhaps this example would be good for you. And even if I think in your situation, Jared, you're often in one-on-one -on -one meetings, mm -hmm. If you say that person's name, they're likely to look up and look at you. Like, oh, are you here? Okay. Um, and maybe give you a little bit more time. But eye contact and saying the person's name is what I would, would recommend. 
Mm. Not like, hey, you, are you listening to me? <laughs> but just like, yeah, just throw in their name. Because hey, we all know if somebody says your name, no matter how quietly, um, it triggers something with you and you pay attention. Yeah, that's a very good point. So even internally to your business, it's better if you are an assertive boss. It took me ages to realize this. And only recently when I watched a YouTube video on radical candor by a woman called Kim Scott, did I realize that I have finally learned to do this. People want to know as soon as possible if they are not meeting the company's expectations, if they are not delivering what required, what is required. You need to give them feedback immediately after they treated a customer badly or didn't prepare for a presentation properly. I used to avoid conflict a lot and couldn't do it. And so it would sit in the back of my mind and fester and I would always remember that situation. And then I realized that not telling people was even worse because that festering made me more and more irritated with the, the person's inability to get things right. And then I got really angry with them and they didn't even know that there was a problem. Um, so now I'm trying to give feedback as soon as possible. The people are also able to remember what they did wrong if you address it immediately. I mean, I guess it's if, if you're a parent and you have children, um, punishing a child three days after something went wrong also doesn't help because they can't remember and they can't fix it immediately because they're, you know, it's so far away from, from what actually went wrong. So we do have... In my company, a biannual performance review, which gives you the opportunity to, to raise general issues that are wrong. And even there, it is important to say, I am not happy with your performance because of this, this, and this. Even there, I had a problem. Um, but addressing it immediately helps. It doesn't help saying, four months ago at a customer meeting, you let the company down because of A, B, C. Um, I got feedback from the customer that they were very disappointed. So, yes, immediately being able to address and and you can do that kindly and say, I found that there was a problem with this, with your presentation preparation on the day. Could you tell me why that was? Or did you find you had the same problem? Maybe next time, do you want to present to me before so that we make sure it's all prepared? Or you find a way to encourage them to do better next time and to find out where where the problem was. Maybe there's somebody who hates presenting or their child was sick the previous day or their spouse was sick and they didn't have time to prepare. Or then you can find out was, was the problem environmental? Was the problem that they didn't think they had to? Um, or whatever. And you can, you can then make sure that next time you can help them that it doesn't happen. Yeah, and being a being assertive, um, and being assertive and letting people down is also okay, because if, like you said, you know maybe their child was sick or something. So if you decide you or if you've committed to doing a presentation and your child gets sick, and I do think people are a bit more understanding with with what has happened with COVID and everything, but you're allowed to say. I'm not in a good space to do this presentation because at the end of the day, if it's going to cost you business and, you know, like if you have big clients and you maybe only come across them every four to six weeks in, in a, 
year space and you only have that opportunity to do the presentation let's say six to eight times in a year it's not very many opportunities and if you mess it up then you're messing up the potential trajectory that the business has so and and what's very important in that is to as soon as you realize you're going to fit you you're not going to meet the requirement as soon as you notice you immediately let the customer know email whatever your your mode of communication is email or whatsapp you can do on the weekend and they can respond or not mm. if they're back in the i i do business to business communication um sales and jared does more business to customer so it's a bit different for me if i need to let that person know i send something to their work email address they have the right to check their email on the weekend but i will only expect an answer on monday but the let's say my kid gets sick or is in a car accident on saturday immediately when i realize i'm not going to make that deadline i let the customer know they are understanding in advance to let somebody know five minutes beforehand mm. or or on the morning of a big meeting try to avoid that i mean if you can't you can't but own own your your situation or let them know i am able to come but i have had a bit of a disadvantage so i still want to speak to you but um you know it, it i might not, not have yeah it may productive. not be productive mm -hmm. or it may not be as well prepared in general you do know your own company stuff well enough that even a chat might be good enough mm. um but if you arrive there and think i'm not good enough i'm not good enough oh sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry um you need to decide whether just arriving without a hundred percent prepared presentation but one you did to somebody else three days ago is going to be good enough or whether you should just cancel because actually you have no clue what you're talking about mm. um, but sometimes it is even to get that person's time and I have seen in those those presentations where you don't actually have your, it doesn't quite go as planned. You know, I've had ones where the presentation, the, the um, laptop doesn't work or the overhead projector doesn't work. And then you just have a chat. Sometimes those are even better hmm. um, because you do actually know this stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, having those conversations, you also have more of an opportunity to hear what the requirements are. So you might know exactly what products you offer or systems or solutions or whatever. And when you have that conversation with the person, you find out, oh, okay, this either is not quite suited or they might be better suited to one of your other products. Um, That's a very, very good, good point. Um, when, you, when you're assertive and confident, you feel that you can walk into a meeting and ask, what do you want, Mr. Customer? When you, you can then also say, I am not happy. Um, I'm not happy selling you one of my products because it won't meet your requirements. Thank you very much for your time. This is what my products do. Should you change your mind, feel free to contact me again. Mm -hmm. And that takes, that takes being assertive and going, you know, you don't say, I'm sorry, I wasted your time. It's just like, Hey, Mr. Customer, thank you for your time. This won't work out. If you know of anybody else who's interested, let me know, or if your your needs change. And people will respect you for that. And even if you know what, if you know a comp, maybe a competitor or another solution that might work, you, and they're, they're in your network, and that might work for, for that customer, you can put them in touch. Um, I found very good, I don't want to say good benefits, but good <laughs> value from, from referral mm -hmm. of, 
a potential customer to another person and they and they've had good relationships going forward so those are also very valuable in the future yeah um i found it to be very challenging to be assertive and this comes from um and i don't like living in the past but it comes from <laughs> from me weighing 84 kilograms as a as a 12 year old and um, just having having like bad self-esteem um, for most of my high school career even though it wasn't like in hindsight it wasn't necessary because I was more than capable of um, doing whatever I needed to do um, but yeah being a being a young entrepreneur so for anyone that's listening um, if you are anything under 30 I think that's considered a young entrepreneur <laughs> um, I started my business when I was what 22 23 somewhere there weren't you younger than that oh, it was, it was around 22. there yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it was um quite exciting and terrifying all at once and now i had to convince people that were much more experienced in years than me <laughs> and convince them how important physical training was and how important um holistic wellness and development was and these types of things and um, it was it was a challenge, and you know, obviously, stepping in with with the knowledge that you may have, there's there's still this amazing quote from Donald Rumsfeld. Um, he says, "We don't know what we don't know," and so until you're in a situation where you where you need to know something, you're not going to know anything about that topic or anything about how to handle it. And so, communication for me was something that over the last five to six years i've really looked at, at changing and i mean if i look at how my commu communication was when i started it wasn't bad i mean i went to university i knew how to write emails and essays and whatever but after covid that was a way different learning experience as far as communication and learn actually trying to understand how people interpret what i have to say and how how i can change things for myself just by using the right narrative um and yeah it took me ages to actually just humble myself and say and accept the fact that i am young but i am not ignorant and then figure out how to know more yes and i i can um, vouch for the fact that you've learned how to communicate um, in the beginning, you were very verbaceous and all your emails and your messages were, were incredibly long. And you've been able to understand that shorter, you're more likely to get the message across because people will actually read 10 lines but might not read 100 lines. Um, and yeah, so so good. I mean, forever, we've got to forever improve and take feedback and, and, and look at ourselves and see what works, what doesn't work. Um, and if you do it with confidence and assertiveness, people sit up and listen. Yeah, so we hope you listened to this very well. And if you didn't, hopefully you become more assertive <laughs> in the future. Uh, yeah, thank you, Birgit, again. And we trust you enjoyed this episode of the Actualize You podcast. We look forward to sharing more with you next time. Please reach out to me on jared at actualize.co.za if you have any questions or would like us to cover any topics. And yeah, keep doing 
really well in your business. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much to Birgit Smythe for her invaluable contribution to the Small Biz Conversation and making the show a reality. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ActualizeU. Support for this podcast comes from people like you. Check out the website for more ways to optimize your performance in work, life, and leisure. That's www.actualize.co.za. If you found this helpful, you can keep the show alive by sharing with your friends, family, or coworkers, and by using the PayPal link in the description below. Actualize you because you are the critical success factor.